Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as jaw-dropping as an Erling Haaland scissor kick, fancy advice as satisfying as Armin Yunus hitting top bins and two pundits that go together as well as a Sosa cross and a Kalajic header. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening one and all. My name is James Thurigan. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 4, Match Day 23. And joining me, as always, the fantasy Fußball got himself, Flo Reinecker. Flo, I have to say, your your crystal ball was a bit off last weekend. Have you tried turning it on and off again? Well, I was one out of three with my boldish predictions, James. So it, it, it wasn't worse than it was. So I said that I believe that Frankfurt is going to win against Bayern. And I take that. Uh, I definitely was wrong about Cologne and uh, Gladbach. Uh, I have to admit that. But yeah, I mean, both games could have gone either way. So in my defense, but yeah, you you, you were right. But you can't always nail these things because uh, then it, it wouldn't be bold if it's like the, the thing most likely to happen. But, and you'd be rich, my friend. If we could all predict these things spot on every time, then yeah, that was it. You, when you went searching for the upset and you were right, it, it involved one of the teams from the Rhineland, but it was the, the Gladbach side of things that suffered the upset against Mainz instead. But the, and you're, you're right. The Frankfurt prediction was a very strong one, a very, very strong one. And uh, they've got another interesting fixture that I'm sure we'll be talking about later on in this show. But we should say quickly first, ladies and gents, I didn't put out a tweet asking for questions just because we're a little pressed for time today. I do have to nip off to the buyer later tonight for Leverkusen's Europa League game so I will be doing some first-hand scouting of exactly how bad Leverkusen are for fantasy owners right now <laughs> but we'll be talking about that as well so we're just yeah, yeah and I'm, I'm busy as well James um, <laughs> I have an online meeting this evening just uh, drinking with my peers so yeah <laughs> that's good we're both I'm- busy I'm glad to hear that. I, yeah. I hope you I hope you enjoy that. I really do. Yeah. But yeah, so as a result, ladies and gents, we won't do any listener questions today and we'll instead just drive, dive straight into the fixtures. Won't do a part one and part two. But hopefully, if we're any good at what we do and we know what we're talking about, Flo and I, then hopefully we should answer all of your questions anyway. So let's start with that Friday night fixture. Bremen against Frankfurt. Now, Werder are the Bundesliga's sixth lowest scoring side in this uh, season with 24 goals. Frankfurt, meanwhile, they are on a scoring streak in the last 11 Bundesliga matches. They have scored at least twice. 12 would be a new club record. But Flo, you think this might be a trickier fixture for Frankfurt than many expect, perhaps? Yeah, we talked about that off air. I mean, Brim comes off a terrible loss at Hoffenheim. Um, That was definitely their worst game so far this year. So since the turn of the year, I would say that was their worst performance. And they they had two big issues. Um, their best players so far this season, you could say, apart from Augustinsson, who was injured, so that was another big issue. The other two best players for me are Friedel and Toprak so far this season, and both had a nightmare of a game. So um, with individual mistakes, we haven't seen from them for a while. So uh, th- that was uh, part one of the big issue, and. The second one, that what Hoffenheim had a really, really mean match plan. And uh, they did give the ball to Bremen, which is like, it's so rude to, to give your opponent the ball to say, yeah, you, you, you try figuring out what to do with it. <laughs> That's like that, that team isn't cut out to, to have the ball. And they had more than 60% possession in the first half uh, at Hoffenheim. And that's not their style of play. 
and Hoffenheim was able to play just to hit long balls and, and basically Bremer was in trouble. And I expect the game against Frankfurt to go in a totally different direction. So Frankfurt will have possession in that game. I think it's it's uh, pretty likely that that's going to happen. And, and then uh, it will suit the Bremen game better. And if Toprak and Friedel are um, back to their usual standards, it's definitely going to be harder for Frankfurt. Just now I received... Uh, the news that Augustinsson is still out for that Frankfurt game. So that definitely is helping uh, Frankfurt. And especially if Dorn plays and playing on the right flank. Because Agu, uh, he was one of the better players at Hoffenheim going forward. But like there's always space behind his back. And uh, as much as I like him, he's no Augustinsson. That has to be said. So that's definitely a positive but if we look at the stats uh, in games in uh, where Bremen was involved, there were the least amount of shots so far this year. So since the turn of the year, uh, all in all, uh, 153 shots in 2021. Bremen took 71, which is, I think, the second lowest. Yes. And they only conceded 82, which is also the second lowest. Um, so I think if they are able to play their usual kind of play, it's rather boring and not a lot of attacking fireworks. And <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think it can be misleading looking at this uh, uh, yeah, big score from Hoffenheim. But I think they at halftime they had around, I think, five shots or, or so, and two were in goal. So it's, that's also something to keep in mind for us as fantasy managers. We, we rather have a team take 20 shots and score twice except for shooting 10 times and scoring uh, four goals yeah, that, was, uh, yeah, that might better for you, for you, for your for your squad if because uh, there will be more fantasy points created and uh, that's just an issue i have it's not like i expect bremen to get anything out of this match i just think it will be tougher for frankfurt than many people expect. Well, I think that, I mean, the, the, the big question then is, or, and at least it's a big possibility and much uh, the likelihood of that happening, Brim being able to at least slow Frankfurt down is much higher uh, than most people will acknowledge before that game because it's a foregone conclusion for everyone. Um, that Frankfurt will just steamroll Bremen in, in this match. And I'm not sure that's going to happen. And if you're superstitious, in, in Germany, there's something called the Bayern curse, that teams that beat Bayern tend to lose or at least uh, draw or not win the next game. I usually don't take any stock in this, but it's like this game is too perfect. That The setup for Frankfurt is too perfect. Brim coming up from a really bad game. Uh, they themselves beat Bayern. Um, in, in, in a really great game. So, like, the only thing that, like, if they're winning 4 4 0, no one will raise an eyebrow. They just can lose in, in this game, um, if they don't perform as expected. So, I, I think it's, it's tricky, uh, for Frankfurt. I still think they, because their individual quality is, is so great and, and Bremen just can't score goals to save their lives. And, and uh, at the end, I think Frankfurt will prevail. 
but I'm not as sure that it's going to be yeah, a, a fantasy points galore game. Well, let's let's talk about some of the fantasy assets because that's what we need to do. Silver might be coming back. Is it a case of jumping back on his bandwagon if he is fit because it's still worth the Friday night punt with him? Yeah, but would be still worse in, in, in my opinion, especially because the standalone fixtures, the rest of the standalone fixtures are just horrible this match day. So it's, if there were another option I, I would feel good about, I, I might not go back to Silva. But since the standalone, I can rattle them off. We got Leipzig against Gladbach, both two games slugging it out. Um, we don't want player in that match. We don't know who uh, Leipzig will start up front. Then we got Union against Hoffenheim. I don't have a lot of interest in that game. Then it's Mainz against Augsburg. You really want to feel the strike of this game? I, I don't think so. Fl- Florian Niederlechner for the win. Unisivo did score and did pick up eight points last week. So, <laughs> And the last game of the match day is Leverkusen-Freiburg, where we don't know if Alario or Schick is going to play up front. Diabo is suspended and, and Bailey, his form is a bit dropping. Uh, we got another player who's interesting on this game we talk about later, but... Like the pickings are slim oh, if you want some flexibility and Silva's definitely the best guy to look out. And I mean, a positive thing, even if Frankfurt isn't having as many shots as many expected, Silva will have probably a hand of a, like a very high percentage of these shots. Uh, he'll have a hand feed or head in it. Yeah, one or the other, right? And the fact is, we also know that he's very capable of scoring from very limited amounts of chances in games as well. He doesn't need a host, tends to, you know, feed well on limited chances as well. And and that's it. I mean, Silver's actually scored in all three of his Bundesliga matches against Werder Bremen. That's maybe something worth noting. And it was interesting to see that Luka Jovic, I mean, nobody probably jumped on that bandwagon and rightly so, but, and I know, take it with a pitch of salt because it came against Bayern, but he really wasn't as heavy involved as I think we maybe expected him to be when he finally got his first start since returning and so that was interesting to see but I also want to talk about the other two in midfield because I think this is a big debate that a lot of people will be having ahead of this game flow. Kostic and Yunus I mean really I think the beauty of this situation is you can't go wrong with either of them but Kostic cost you a ton more maybe has an better baseline but we saw from Eunice against Bayern what he is capable of and at that price tag makes him such an interesting option for people yeah definitely so I have Eunice and I don't have Kostic and I'll I'll probably keep it this way uh, I think it's totally reasonable to have both in your squad but considering the price tag I definitely prefer Eunice because then I like I can have Sancho instead of Kostic for instance and um have I still got uh, some Frankfurt cover. And I think Eunice is uh, like by far the best in his price range, especially since Leverkusen's performing us uh, uh, so poor right now that Florian Wirtz is going from a must-have asset to a liability in your fantasy squad and in mine as well. And uh, so that's my thinking behind it. Um, but if you... Want to double up? I, like it's no mistake going with Philip Kostic by any stretch of the imagination. I, ju- I just think if you want to spread out your um, your assets a bit more, then they are like in Kostic's pr- price range. There are uh, quite some op- good options, and in Eunice's price price range, the the options are much slimmer. 
No, I, I couldn't agree more with that. And, and, and we saw last week that he can like he can outscore Kostic on any given match day. That's definitely possible. I still think, hat to hat, um, that Kostic is like sixty to forty or sixty-five to thirty-five percent more likely to to score more points than than Younes on on any given match day, especially um, because of his set piece duties. Um, but I like I'm I'm willing to take the the slimmer chances um, if it saves me 10 million. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it. The reward of the expendable cash is, is very useful in the game. So that's why Eunice is making a good case for himself. And that's it. We've seen this type of pattern before. We saw earlier in the season, it was the debate between Rayner and Sancho. Then you had the Florian Verts, you know, up against, you know, the likes of Demi by Amiri and, and things like that. And they kind of partnered themselves up in midfield with a cheaper price, uh, option. And, and Eunice and Frankfurt and Kostic, they're all good markets to be dipping into right now. Let's move on to buying against Köln, uh, start Starting us off in the Saturday 3.30 kickoffs. Now, Lewandowski is doing Lewandowski things and with 26 goals after 22 match days. That's naturally a Bundesliga record. He's only failed to score once across his last 12 league outings, which is great news if you're a fantasy owner of his. And let's be honest, if you're playing right now and you're not owning Lewandowski, then something's gone seriously wrong at this point, I think. Although I say that, Flo and I have both debated about taking him out in recent weeks, so maybe we're the crazy ones as well. But Yeah, for the Frankfurt game, which... Wouldn't wouldn't have been catastrophic if you you'd done that. Yeah, but true, true. Because of the silver injury, I wasn't I like I, I didn't have to make that decision. No, that made it made life a lot easier, definitely. For this game, the Billy Goats, they've actually failed to score in eight of their last eleven Bundesliga matches, which is more than any other team in that same time period. So Flo, who's your player pick from this game? I'm going with Musiala, definitely. I was accused of having some some stock uh, in his name um, because I, uh, I I also talked about I think two um, episodes back. I talked I talked him up. He didn't play. Now he did play in the Champions League. Had a had a nice game. He decided to play for Germany going forward, not for England. I'm I'm sorry, James, um, but I think he he, Smart decision. he wants to. Yeah, he wants to win something. That's, well, okay, that's the reason behind that. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily I mean, it's, it's going nice on the to always thing, have like the, the chance of footballs coming home and then being like celebrated for for getting uh, to see my finals and being being great singing. So, but at the end of it, uh, most footballers they want to win trophies. So that's that's the reason, I guess. Yeah. Okay. You're going yeah, down the, I sorry. mean, you may want to be a little quiet based on how Germany are faring in recent years, but <laughs> I will, I will forgive and move on because I do think he's made the right choice. Well, it, it's his choice. He has to do what he wants. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, um, happy that he decided to play for Germany. Um, that's all. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it's surely it's him, it's him, Kimmich Goretzka. That, that's your midfield three for Germany for like the next six years. Could be, yeah. Right, like well, th th there's a guy Il, uh, called Ilkay Gundogan. I, th I think he's playing decently enough right now. Yeah, you're right. And Tony Kors is Tony Kors as well. But those guys are both on their way out, whereas these three are very much the core that could be around for, as I said, well, se several uh, years together. Yeah. You know, that's that's what. Yeah. I'm Although you can make the argument that Gundogan never played better than he does right now, but uh, that's another like uh, another <laughs> discussion to <laughs> yeah. be had. On on talking football fantasy extra no. extra. Yeah, that's. <laughs> no, oh, but I'm 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 going with Muziala. I'm I'm pretty confident um, that he's going to start because it's going to be too soon, too early to uh, for Thomas Müller to be back. That's what I 
Brad, although he's back on the pitch. So he's definitely he, he definitely is a one and done for me. By uh, I expect after the the good game he had in the Champions League and the goal he scored that he's going to stay in the squad. And if I have a Bayern midfielder who has a knack for scoring goals who costs you one point eight uh, six million, I'm not going to ask questions, James. <laughs> yeah, the, I'm, I'm just I'm just taking it and <laughs> and. Going to the bank laughing. Yeah, and, 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 and I, I don't have any issues to double up with Leroy Sané because he's coming off like uh, he's getting better and better. And although Nabri is back in team training, I, I'm not sure that Flick wants to risk uh, him re-aggregating his injury. So if you want a high-priced midfielder, uh, I think Vané would would be a good choice as well. But I would just do it on top of Musiala, not instead of it. I, I think Musiala is price considered probably one of the best picks so far this season. Because um, I think uh, the likelihood of him starting is about 80%. And even if he's not starting, he's at least probably coming on as a substitute. I'm not happy if that happens. But uh, like I said, for that price tag, we, we usually don't get a Bayern starter for our fantasy team. No, I mean, I, I'm certainly very interested in him, especially because I don't have a Bayern midfielder in my squad right now. So I got rid of Kimmich what, last week. And so, yeah, Musiala, in terms of bringing a bit of budget relief as well, certainly has piqued the interest. Uh, let's move on then to Wolfsburg against Hertha. I know you got heavily involved in Wolfsburg last Friday. Now, Weghorst, he's failed to score in successive Bundesliga matches for only the third time this season. So I do, you know, I'm sorry that you brought him in. And finally, finally, we convinced you to bring him in, Flo. And then he and then he dis- disappointed like yeah. that but he was involved in all three goals he just didn't get any fantasy points for it but he had a really good game it just didn't show up meanwhile on the other side we've got Mateusz Cunha which is very interesting given the fact that he scored six times between match day one and eight and I think at the halfway stage of the season or you know when we went into Christmas looked like he could be a very big player in the fantasy game in the second half of the season but he's gone 12 games without a goal now in the Bundesliga so how do you feel about those Friday night investments flow because I'm sure you weren't the only one and the fact is there were plenty of Wolfsburg players to go for if you went for Renato Steffen out there well done you hit the roulette wheel on that occasion because that's the good thing about Wolfsburg is they do tend to all kind of chip in but they all take turns yeah and I went with Gerhard just because of the price tag because I'm a sucker for, for cheap and uh, I think I needed it to make my other transfers work so I brought in I already had Otavio and I brought in Gerhard and Vejos, and I didn't want to bring in Vejos so hard, but like I couldn't make any arguments for not bringing him in because I needed to get Jakobs in, uh, a cheap defender um, for Eric Durm. And I decided to go with Jakobs uh, from Cologne because I, th- I thought he had a big game in him. And I don't think it was a bad choice. I mean, he did pick up 10 points, I think, against Stuttgart. Yeah, definitely. Uh, in a very bad game. So if like Cologne would have performed better, I think Jakobs, I still think Jakobs is a, is a great choice going forward. But they're playing at Munich. So I had one one and done player already in my squad. And player, I, I knew that I don't want to have player for this week because they're playing at Leipzig and that's what's and and I saw the Europa League uh, match at Bern and I wasn't sure who's going to start for Leverkusen and that was the other 
two options I had in my mind and, and like I had to convince myself that the sensible thing to do is going with Vechos. And of course he didn't perform and afterwards I said, yeah, that, that's what you're getting for, for, for going with Vechos. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that was my reason behind that because I, I didn't want to dig myself a hole where I had like two transfers already planned out for, for this week. And, and that's something I try to avoid. And that was the reasoning. I can see myself now selling Vejos if I don't have to do other transfers. But you never know if that's going to be the case or not. So I don't begrudge my decision for bringing in Vejos even if I sell him this week. Because um, my thinking was, yeah, if I can r get rid of him, okay. If I have to play him, I'd rather have Vejos playing at home against Hertha and player. At Leipzig, yeah. and I still think I still think Wolfsburg assets are fine, although like Hada is in a way dangerous because I think they are better than perception, um, and they they didn't have the worst of games against Leipzig. I think three of the last four games were against Dortmund, um, Bayern, and Leipzig. No, uh, I think it was Frankfurt, Bayern, and uh, Leipzig. But uh, point still stands. Um, we we don't know yet what they're capable of if they're playing uh, against worse competition. Unfortunately for them, I, I'm not sure that Wolfsburg even is a much worse uh, competition. So, yeah, still would be fine with my Wolfsburg assets. That's the short way of, of yeah, summarizing no, the, the rest I said. <laughs> <laughs> No, but this is it. We're here to answer the question. So, like, uh, you want to give people the context as well. It, it makes complete sense. And that's it. I, I think you're right to underline the fact that people can keep faith in their Wolfsburg players if they did bring them in last week. Even if you went for, you know, Reed Labarku, Gerhardt, you know, it doesn't matter if they didn't score big in this game. Wolfsburg, you know, Hertha is part of a good run of fixtures for Wolfsburg, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So the rewards might come further down the road with those players if they didn't pan out for you last Friday. Um, let's move on to the next game then, uh, Stuttgart against Schalke. Uh, now we've got Kalajic and Silas Wamangatuka. They are the first Stuttgart duo since Freddie Borbic and Krasimir Balakov in 97-98 to reach at least 10 goals each after 22 rounds of fixtures and the interesting statistics that stood out to me here Flo are that five of Kalajic's goals this season have been headers which is a league high meanwhile on the other side Schalke have conceded a league high 15 headed goals and 56 all told which seems like the perfect recipe for Sasa Kalajic to continue his incredible form and that Borna Sosa will probably whip in a couple of crosses that cause a bit of danger in that Schalke penalty area. Yeah, these, these two are definitely great. The only issue for Kalajic is that it's not a standalone fixture, so you're not gaining flexibility. So that's my reasoning for maybe going silver over Kalajic. But if I need the money, I think Kalajic is, is a pretty sensible move to make. And uh, you already mentioned Sosa. I, I think he's close to a must-have, especially since Tommy uh, did pick up an injury. He's basically the only player... What like even jockeying for position uh, with Sosa, although I think that Sosa would have played anyway. But uh, I mean, it's always good to know that. And Tommy's injured. Koulibaly did pick up a knock. But we still got four players who can play behind Kalajic. And I'm not sure that I feel comfortable enough because every one of these would be great. 
Uh, I would prefer Didavi or Castro because of their set piece duties. And uh, you already mentioned how bad Schalke is. Uh, and not just defending headers, um, but defending set pieces as a whole. That they're really bad at it. They're just they're so, just bad on the whole, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's everything. If I'm going uh, Stuttgart midfielder, it would be Gonzalo Castro. Um, so we got three pretty good options with Sosa, Kalajic and Castro. But with Castro, we have a lingering doubt of uh, Matarazzo just going another way uh, on that match day. Um, like, cause he swaps these positions behind the lone striker. He swaps them all the time. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that we are able to pick up which way he's going to go. Castro gets the most games, but he's still uh, benched from time to time. Yeah, we're more confident about Bayern's midfield choices than we are about Stuttgart's uh, in terms of as fantasy owners. And I don't think we thought we'd be saying that before the start of the season. So, yeah, interesting. But yeah, some definitely uh, some good picks and uh, a battle of two of the cheapest strikers in the game as well with Kalajic and Hoppy. So it'll be interesting to see how that one pans out. move to the other side of the Ruhrpott to the black and yellow side Borussia Dortmund against Bielefeld Sancho has contributed 10 goals in 9 league games since the turn of the year meanwhile Bielefeld have only won once on the road this season it was actually against Schalke uh, so they could do the Ruhrpott double but it's unlikely and the question is I guess Flo is this uh, another big haul for Erling Haaland and Jadon Sancho incoming? Yeah it looks like they found their mojo and uh, I, I I think that Bielefeld can't stop them. So I'm, I'm pretty high on Dortmund this week. Um, but, uh, but I'm telling you no news. So it's, it's Sancho Haaland and Guerrero, his form isn't as good. And on another match day, I would maybe look to sell him, but not if they're playing a home game against Bielefeld um, with their recent form and they want to keep things up before the cup match. And a set cup, and uh, that's my only minor concern that maybe um, the the game gets out of hand pretty soon, and Terzic uh, thinks or uh, decides to rest uh, and give Haaland or Sancho a rest before the cup match at Gladbach next week. Well, well as long as if they've torn it up, Haaland and Sancho have been involved in the goals. I can live with that, though, Flo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they won't have like these 25 points performances in 60 minutes. True. It's, it's, it's at least pretty unlikely. And that's my only concern. But, I, but I'm still willing because they need to win. They, they, uh, they want to get in the Champions League and they need to win. They, they can't afford to not feel their strongest 11 and if they like after they played the cup match then it's Bundesliga but then it's one week no and then it's Champions League again so they have a stretch of game uh, a pretty um, tight schedule right now and that would be my only concern like I said but I, I, it's not big enough to keep me away from Dortmund and if for some reason you don't all own Sancho or Haaland I think that's a mistake. If you don't own Guerrero, I think you can get by with not buying him right now because he's not playing in 
an as an attacking role as we've seen before this season. Yeah, no, we talked about that a little bit last week. And so I think, I mean, as much as he's still getting points and he's still being involved in goals, I think we're definitely seeing that he's not quite the same player he was. He's still a valuable pick and he's still, in some respects, worth the money because there's not a lot of defenders that can consistently produce points the way Guerrero does. Um But yeah, I, I agree with all your points. So let, let's move on to the Saturday evening fixture, one that's maybe giving us a little bit of a headache, perhaps. I say perhaps because after what we saw in the Champions League and what we've seen from Gladbach in recent weeks, I mean, they, they are a side short on confidence, short on form. And so this may not be the tight battle everyone's expecting, but we are also talking about the Gladbach side that have this season already beaten Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich. So uh, it's worth taking with a pinch of salt. The fun fact about this one is that Leipzig could be crowned champions if they win their remaining 12 matches because they actually host Bayern on match day 27. So maybe, you know, if they get knocked out of the Champions League, which looks likely, uh, then they can turn their full focus, but it's still a lot to ask. And as I said, Gladbach in short form, uh, they are winless in four, but unbeaten in their last six away matches. So how do we feel about this one, Flo? Because as I said, Gladbach didn't really look, well, didn't enamor in the Champions League and Leipzig on their day, they can make anyone look bad <laughs> and i just i have a, have a pit in the feeling you know in the in the you know the pit of my stomach that this isn't going to go quite the way everyone expects it to yeah it's still like leipzig way better than gladbach but um, i wouldn't go out of my way to get leipzig assets in my squad I, i would be a bit cautious i mean jonas hofmann came out this week and he stated that the whole discussion about rose is blown up and the squad is totally behind uh, the coach. I always think, well, it would be nice to show that on the pitch and not just like afterwards talking to journalists. But uh, um, I, I think that w would have been more helpful. Um, maybe that's uh, a bit uh, pop populistic. No, that's not. That's probably not an English word, but uh, <laughs> you know what, what I mean, James, I hope. And I still don't think that Gladbach is broken. But Leipzig is the better squad, even if Gladbach uh, weren't having these issues in recent weeks. So definitely uh, Gladbach is a keep uh, shy way right now for me and uh, Leipzig not. And I, I mean, I have Nkunku and I was pretty happy that he didn't play because I would have had to swap out a player, I think, with eight or nine points. And so I didn't have to make that decision. And now I'm feeling pretty confident that he's going to start next week because I don't think that Nkunku will be left out of the squad uh, two times in a row in the Bundesliga, especially since they're now really in the, in, in the running for being crowned champions, like you said, James. Yeah, no, that's it. I couldn't agree more. I've, I've got Olmo and Unkunku, and yeah, so Olmo didn't quite have one of his better games, um, but I'm happy to stick by the Unkunku pick for now as well, based on the fact that I, like you, expect him to come back into the starting lineup this week. We will see what happens. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's one of those, I think it, it's so many of these performances from Gladbach are just not what we've come to recognize from Rosa. And the fact is, it's those exact types of qualities that we're lacking that we need for fantasy returns. And that's why I think, 
they're struggling right now and okay admittedly they're kind of in the same boat as Leipzig in their Champions League you know uh, tie as well it doesn't look like they'll get through so maybe they can then shift the focus and get themselves back on track but yeah Rolls are being the man that he is and playing the style of football that he does and that demands them really buying into it I think he's kind of lost the dressing room a little bit in amongst everything even if Jonas Hoffman wants to say it has been blown out of proportion um, okay let's move on then to Union against Hoffenheim because if that game doesn't provide as much flexibility as we'd want in terms of new options that many people don't have maybe uh, these next three will starting with the first one on Sunday now Union are unbeaten in 10 Bundesliga matches on home soil which is actually a club record there is rumours that Max Kruse might be back but it's most likely that he'll be on the bench nevertheless he has scored his highest number of Bundesliga goals in his 80 matches in Germany's top flight against Hoffenheim on the other side we've got Andre Kramrich he's got 13 goals in 17 appearances so far this season at an average of one every 111 minutes so my question here Flo is that we saw Hoffenheim kind of break those Europa League blues of a post-match after a midweek game against Bremen can they maintain that level given the fact that they are still in a position that they have to win in the Europa League tonight well um, I'm not in the business predicting what Hoffenheim is going to do I, I, I just think that's like that's impossible that's something that we should have learned in the last two years so I'm not going to try we we don't know which side of Hoffenheim is showing up we don't know what to expect of Union so I'm 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 looking to shy away from this matchup, and and that's also because of Max Kruse. Uh, you said he's not going to play. Don't tell him that, James, because uh, he 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 was having a live Twitch stream. So apparently, you can follow Max Kruse on Twitch. So maybe it's not like if you're into that kind of stuff, maybe it's not the the worst idea in the world to do that. And while having a live Twitch stream he was asked about if he were ready to play 30 minutes against Hoffenheim and he was offended by by the questions he said what, what are you talking <laughs> about 30 minutes I don't I don't get that uh, well. I want to play 30 minutes get off my back so uh yeah I, I think Cruz wants to play so I I don't think it's impossible that he's in the starting lineup uh, otherwise a guy like maybe Ingvartsen would, would pique some interest um, from me, but as a whole, I'm, I'm like I don't have a feel how this game will go. I don't think there are a lot of interesting players who also have a nice price tag. If like if you put a gun to my head, Christoph Baumgartner would be the guy I would be most likely to get into my squad. But like he's in this mid-range price tier as a midfielder. I feel I'm I'm doing better. My squad looks better if I'm going down and up uh, in options than them fielding too many of this mid-price option where Baumgartner certainly fits in. So I, I I would just like leave this game alone. We've got one more standalone fixture than usual on the next match day, um, and I don't think we have to go out of our way to to capitalize on that because just like this this game you definitely could hit in some capacity i just think it's it's really really hard to predict who the hit will be in this match no i, I couldn't agree with you more actually on this one and this is why I, I mentioned it last week that this week's fixtures the standalone fixtures are are tricky and 
I believe it true of this week, but also of next week as well. Actually, I think it's going to give us quite a few headaches. And that's it. Like I was looking at Union and going on, maybe they pique the interest because, you know, they've got after this game, they've got Bielefeld at home, which is also a standalone fixture, but it's the last game of next match day. And then they've got Köln away and you're going, okay, that's not too bad fixture. So you could maybe take a punt on them, but. In terms of their attractiveness level, yeah, I mean, we we know all the assets that that could perform um, in the Union side, but I'm not, I, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm more invested in other options. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Andrich is like he's almost 10 million. You have to play pay almost 10 million, so he's more expensive than Armin Younes. <laughs> like that's just that, that's insane. You 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 can't like really you you can't justify that. In my opinion, to to Jan picking well, the only him. reason to to justify it is for differential potential, right? Like that's genuinely yes. is to try and yeah. find someone that might have a big week that not a lot of people have in their squads. But then you're playing a very risky game by doing that. I think that's the yeah. problem. On average, that's definitely the worst decision. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the one I tend to make a lot. <laughs> on average, yeah. So yeah, I think that tells you everything you need to know. Okay, let's move on then. Augsburg against Mainz. Now Augsburg are on a four-game winning run against Mainz, but they have actually lost their last three away. Way Bundesliga matches in a row. Is this an investable game, Flo? I think you said Augsburg Mainz. The game is actually played. Was oh, it Mainz Augsburg? Um, oh, sorry, I've, I've written it down wrong. I do apologize. Yeah, yeah no worries. Yes, I mean Mainz is looking good, but they're not producing fantasy points along with their performances on the pitch. So it's another game. I I don't have a strong sense where the value might be. I think in Vienna. Uh, who's playing left back for Mainz hasn't done anything so far in a fantasy game, but he's 1.5 million starts uh, as a wing back against a pretty bad opponent on a team that has a decent run. I think you can make arguments for punting there. If you have uh, some involvement in the last game, uh, I, I think it's it, it would be reasonable if you can upgrade anywhere else or with the money you save going to Mvena. Uh And another guy, uh, Nia Kati, 4.7 million. He, he's playing like uh, a bit, uh, a holding midfielder, but not having a lot of attacking returns apart from getting at the end of um, set pieces. And that's like, that's a tricky one to... Uh, to count on so you don't get a really big advantage on him not playing as a real center back um, and more like a number six you don't get a great advantage uh, uh, of him playing out of position um, so yeah this this would be the two guys unless he's still on penalty duties the only guys and, and Peterson um, uh, sorry you can go with Peterson um, and not Wisdom Vene, he's he's uh, the left back of Augsburg. Yeah, that's definitely not a bad choice. Augsburg is playing at Berlin um, um, against Hertha next match day, so it's also not the worst matchup. But I pr personally probably would still prefer Vene because they're playing at Schalke and next match. Then it's Freiburg, Hoffenheim, Bielefeld, Cologne. So. Uh, Mainz has a, a pretty decent stretch of, of, of games. So if you have find a cheap Mainz assets, you definitely can ride it out with with him. It's not necessarily a style candidate uh, just because of good matchups and a pretty cheap price tag. No, indeed. I think, yeah, you've you've covered a lot of bases there. Um, and 
I think it's, it's a tough one because Augsburg's assets, I mean, you think of the Caligiuris that have just calmed down in a fantasy sense. And yes, okay, finally, Niederlechner is scoring a few goals here and there, but he's not really banging in the points that we saw him pick up last season at times when at one point he did become a pretty hot asset for people that were looking to save a bit of money in their front line. So yeah, it's, a, it's another tough one. So I get, let's move on then, Flo, because surely one of these has got to give us a bit of relief. If, if Mainz and Augsburg and Union and Hoffenheim can't do it, do Leverkusen and Freiburg, because this is the big question you've got to ask yourself when you consider the fact that, you know, Freiburg have only won one of their last four matches, failing to score in three of them. And on top of that, we've got Leverkusen, who aren't exactly hitting the peak of their powers right now. On top of that, they have this must-win match in the Europa League tonight as well. They're going to have to expend probably a lot of energy in that one as well. And now they're coming up against a Freiburg side that can make life difficult for them. This this is a terrible concoction for fantasy owners. Yes. If, if Kalajic and Schalke is a match made in heaven, this is the complete opposite. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. Like the three standard or the four standalone fixtures after Saturday afternoon, I don't like any of these. And, and that's definitely a problem. I would like the Leverkusen uh, match, actually. Uh, I think one of these days, like Leverkusen can bounce back. Um, I, I definitely think it's possible. And uh, Diaby is suspended. So he's not in the mix, which means that we got Dimeray Gray. Um, he's a striker in the game. I don't love that, but he's costing you $9 million, and I'm pretty positive that he's going to start against Freiburg. So um, if if you don't want to uh, go with Kalajic, I, I definitely would prefer Kalajic over Gray, but if you want more flexibility, Gray is definitely a possibility to go. And uh, also I think that, that Bailey uh, will keep his starting burst just because of um, the suspension of DRB. And next week, it's a cup week. We, we all know that Leverku uh, Leverkusen um, is not in the cup anymore because they lost to a fourth-tier club. And um, so uh, I think you get some certainty. Um, and we don't have a Leverkusen defender. I think the guy we want to keep an eye on uh, is Frimpong. Um the uh, Netherlands, uh, uh, the the right back from Netherlands, the Leverkusen brought in, because uh, I I know it from um, uh, the horse's mouth uh, basically that uh, Simon Rolfes is very high on Primpong and is saying that he's going to be a hell of a player for Leverkusen. So um, uh, I, I think he's definitely one to to watch out for. But so far, for Zumenza had played there. But Frimpong is sitting at 8.8 .8 million. If he's breaking into the first squad and, and uh, maybe he's able to break that curse of no Leverkusen defender ever performing consistently in the fantasy game. And I, I think Frimpong might be able to solve that problem. Well, I'll tell you, the, I, the interesting thing with Frimpong as well is that Build and Kicker both have him in their predicted starting lineups for tonight's game, actually, um, which I thought is interesting. They don't have Demarai Gray starting today, which could mean that it's Frimpong today and Demarai Gray on the weekend. That could be the way they're going about this. I mean, Frimpong can play as a, as a right back or he can play as a winger. So he got both of that in his locker. So we, we'll see how that sort him out. I think Gray... Uh, has earned his starting job at least if Diaby is not playing. So, um, yeah, 
We, yeah, I, I 100% agree. I mean, an assist, an assist, and a goal off the bench in his three appearances so far, like that, if that doesn't earn you a spot in the starting lineup, I don't know what does. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So on that note, shall we move on to our player picks and close out the show then, starting with your Vegas choice, because it seems apt to, to go and move on to it from, from what we've just been talking about? Yeah, really. Yeah, I'm going with Demarai Gray, 9 million. I think he can perform much bigger than his price tag and is... Like, he's a differential pick if you don't want to go with Kalajic, but still want to save money up front. I think Gray is the way to go. Yeah, I, I like I like the choices of one and done. I do. Um, I've actually, I had two candidates. I think I'm going to go with the second, which is Niklas Zula. Uh, 11.9 million and Bayern have a, you know, the, the, a good fixture coming up against Köln. We're all wondering what the best way into this Bayern back line is. And Zula, when he does play it right back, loves to get forward, loves to get crosses in, loves to be involved in shots. And then on top of that, he's still a threat from set pieces himself anyway. And so I think he might be uh, someone that could do a bit of differential damage if you're willing to take the risk but there's a reason he's the Vegas choice and so that's something just to keep in mind but 11.9 million great great pick I appreciate it great pick James I haven't had him uh, on my radar but that definitely changed so uh, well that, that's good because I, I didn't have a Bayern player on my radar until you mentioned him and that's your super schnäppchen <laughs> yeah I'm going with Muziala for 1.6 billion I'm, I, I made the case for him already and uh, I think I don't have anything to add on that, uh, I, I can't see me not bringing him in for that price tag, except money doesn't play any part in my transfer considerations. And it, it would be like uh, leaving 15 million on the table, then it's a different matter. Then I would, like, I'd had to had, I'd prefer Sunny, but price tag considered not even close. So, yeah my super schnäppchen yeah that's it i mean yeah I, I i need a bit of extra cash so i think musiala uh it really kind of has to come into my squad because if i'm honest like before that i was even considering just bringing in niklas lom for timo horn just to free up some cash and uh he's a he's a terrible keeper for what we've seen by all accounts so uh my choice i think this week uh for uh, you know for a super schnäppchen would probably be eric dumm he's someone that we've mentioned a lot so just to throw out another name that i know has been mentioned a couple of times in recent weeks but i don't know if he's featured in the player picks and that's Dominic Core, 5.3 million Mainz midfielder. Um, and he is certainly in a more advanced or playing in a more advanced role with Mainz than we've become accustomed to seeing from him. So just thought I'd throw a new name out there as well. How about your banker, Flo? Uh, that, I mean, it's a tough one if we don't, like, Dortmund I already mentioned, um, but that's too obvious. And uh, I had um, Haaland as my bank, banker, I think, last week. Um, uh, so I'm going... With a really cheap banker, I can't remember that I all, like had a banker that cheap, but it's Bona Sosa for 5.1 million for all the reasons we already stated. Um, his set piece duties, although like, who's going to take set pieces if Didavi is playing? Cause these two guys are the, le the both the left foot in the squad, but still like, I think Didavi hasn't played in a while. He always has some health issues. I, I don't like. I don't really expect the Davi uh, to play, but if for some reason he would and take over set piece duties, which I'm not sure that he would even do because it's working so well with Sosa, yeah. um, that would be my only small concern. But Schalke, they're not scoring goals, which is good if you have a defender and they're so vulnerable with everything going through the air that Sosa 
Uh, I expect him to have a big game here. So my bank of watches, 5.1 million. Yeah, no, I think that might be the cheapest banker we've ever had uh, on this show. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think we've, we've named Kalajic. I think I named Kalajic a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then funnily enough, you know, didn't back myself and didn't pick him because if I had, that was a big turning point the last couple of weeks. It's cost me a spot in the top 100. But no, I, I like Sosa as a banker pick because he's just, he is very much a must have for that price tag and for his output. Uh, I had a couple of names down, but I'll pick out Andre Silva because I know it's a Friday night game. So it's a bit of a cop out, but I think him coming back into the squad, I do agree with Flo that it might be a more gritty game than many people are expecting, but I still expect Andre Silva to be involved in shots and involved in goals and I do expect there to be goals in that game so yeah I think Andre Silva is a good pick for this week and on that note we will end this week's Talking Foosball Fantasy episode don't forget to follow us at Talking Foosball on Twitter give us a like on Facebook and if you have not yet join the Talking Foosball Fantasy League for now from me your host James Sarogood Flo and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew Auf Wiederhören Auf Wiederhören <laughs>